0: Most things need context.
1: Yes, true.
0: All things. I'm going to just say all things need context.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I'm willing to co-sign that. So many, so many, so many damn books. Well,
0: it's been so long, Drew. It's been so long. It's we been so seen, long. We haven't seen each other
1: since recording Jordan. Is that yep. right? I think that's right, oh, well, that's not true. We saw each other in person um maybe two, three weeks oh
0: yeah, to to pass off the
1: the mm-hmm. audio stuff, but even still, we were we were standing six feet apart. Mm-hmm. we couldn't we could not hug. we could not embrace we had to uh, I had to
0: wipe down the the book and the and the audio equipment that was in there, yeah, uh,
1: so weird. I don't like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like it. I'm it's going so out. Odd. I'm coming in hot, man. I'm <laughs> going out with just a de- declarative statement. Uh, I I
0: I feel similarly, <laughs> but there's so many. You know, you can look at all these silver linings. You can try to sure, and and often I can get there. I can just be in enjoying the silver linings. Yeah, or the gold lining, like like adopting a dog. Yeah. Got Ramona. Is she with you right now? Uh, no. Well, no. She's a little rambunctious, um, <laughs> and is enjoying the world of our apartment as we are. Nice. And I feel like I've um never been closer to a dog's perspective of what an apartment must be like because it really is their their world mm-hmm. plus outside, <laughs> plus like a mile outside. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So I feel like I'm very its my environment is ready yeah for the dog and it's been just it's just been great we've had her for 3 days i've already um spent i don't know i don't know my, how many cumulative hours just reading and petting this dog
1: hell yeah it's the best right
0: yeah she's yes. so cuddly little gray she's terrier so cute you can see her on the so many damn books instagram on our friday reads that was the day i adopted her and i was already making her hold books up <laughs>
1: I liked that um the the photo that you sent was one of those those live photos. Oh yeah, you can see her eat and, it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she tries to I was oh I loved it so much. And I was like, you know what? This is just for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to show you just how fragile and and preciously so everything is than the idea that like, Oh yeah, everything is affected Mm. by something we can't even see. It's like, it's a nightmare. I mean, you'd
0: think with all the fiction we read about basically this, exactly um, we would be better prepared. But I think because it's been such a mainstay of fiction in the recent years, um, I felt like it was always going to be fiction. It was never going to be reality.
1: Well, that's also, that was also the hope of like, we A, it's been the mainstay of fiction, but B, you would think that we are more advanced than we were a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And so there was that hope of like, oh, right, it's in fiction because we want to explore the improbable possibility of this. You know whose book wasn't getting mentioned in all of the initial like, it's a pandemic and everybody wants to read pandemic books. So what about this one? And it's the one that as I think about it, Feels like the most accurate in terms of depicting what it feels like right now. Okay, is Laura Vandenberg's um, uh, "Find Me." Find me. Yeah. yeah, that book. I remember talking to her about that when when we had her on the show, and the fact that her plague is not a like ninety nine percent of the population one. I think in the it's like four hundred thousand people die or something mm-hmm. like that. And where we're suddenly staring down a a number like that, it's like, oh, huh, okay. What would this look like?
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't really think about that her number of affected was lower. Yeah. You know, just the idea, I think that that's very interesting to explore and that she already had that idea that there there are people that it just won't touch. It won't happen to them. There's nothing that would Mm -hmm. ever put them in contact with it. It's just all too relevant, yeah, I haven't been reading
1: stuff like that, me neither. i I thought about it for a minute because so many people have been like severance, Station Eleven, mm. all of these books like hopped back onto the lists.
0: I know now is the time, like suddenly people are deciding, like, I'm going to read some Camus, like he'll he'll tell me what's up,
1: yeah, yeah, that's pretty i do I do appreciate that a lot as a big Camus stand from way back. The mm-hmm. kids say, I spend yeah. so much time on the internet now for connection that I'm picking up the lingo,
0: P- particularly about Camu. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but books are thank God they thank remain God. an escape, they remain a resource of escape.
1: Speaking of. Uh, and and thinking about as we shake off the rust, try oh, to get yeah. our, try to get our bits back. Um, have you bought anything recently? I've
2: I
0: I've been buying so many books. It's really? just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just you know like I'm living too much on Twitter. Uh-huh. And, you know, I follow them um, like a bunch of bookstores and a bunch of publishers and like, you know, they, people are doing crazy things like um, Verso Books. It's like 50% off their print line right now. And mm-hmm. I love so much of the stuff that they do. Um, and uh, I don't know, I was looking at. Uh, mysterious press, you know, Otto penslers, uh-huh, and wanting to support their bookstore or whatever, and buying some books from their place. And I don't know. so I've been buying I've been buying like crazy. Have
1: you been buying books? Not really. Um, we did a community order right at the tail end of the the pickup um, when oh. Danny got my St. Geordie book, and then I bought. Hernandez is in the distance for my book club. Nice. And then we really haven't done anything until a couple like maybe 2 weeks ago we did a a bookshop order. Yeah. Um
0: and Bookshop is great. Bookshop's
1: I'm, great. I wish I'm, their search engine was a little bit better. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. What else do you have to do? Like if a search engine takes you a long time, you're not doing anything else. It's not like you can leave the house. Well let's uh can I show you some of the
0: um, oh yeah
1: yeah let's do it oh here okay. here here look
0: ah. oh there it is oh I forgot that his name was upside down that's neat yeah it's fun Um, this is an enormous book what it's like to be a bird Ooh, uh, it does by, look enormous it's the size of your David head Alan Sibley it looks like an old one of those like discovery kids books it's like that size uh-huh and it's really like lavishly illustrated Um. Ooh, hello, bird! And it's just you know, um, Ramona has been very much a bird watcher, and <laughs> it's been nice to be looking at birds from our we're uh, on a third story. So uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are getting into bird watching right now. <laughs> I feel like I wonder how many like binocular sales have gone up. But this, I, I I'm fascinated by birds, and so I saw this. It just published too. Cool. Um, let's see. You want to go?
1: Um, yeah. Let me see. Let's. Oh yeah. Um, so our bookshop order. Uh, this this will lead into the next thing that we'll end up talking about. Cujo. Ooh. Speaking of getting dogs. Ah. Um, but I've I've been reading a ton of Stephen King, and that was sort of when I when I searched Stephen King on Bookshop, that was the first one, and I was like, yes, I don't have this one. Easy done. Mm-hmm wow yeah i haven't read that one either um that's the one he doesn't remember apparently it's kujo that makes sense because of all the cocaine so who knew
0: i also think he he's correct that he could fix tommy knockers that he's that's a that was a deep coke book and Mm -hmm. he says like there's probably a good 300 page novel in there
1: yeah i was uh, because i've been reading so much king I've been like do I've been reading just a lot of interviews and stuff where like what okay I've gotten through Kujo is really I think the last of the like, the the early great king, mm-hmm. and so now I'm starting to get into that like, the imperial period in the middle there where it's just everything is fourteen hundred pages and you're kind of okay. like why, uh and I he said that about insomnia too and um the regulators I think where he was like. These books, I could have trimmed these books. There's, there's a good book inside of, you know, this enormous book, and I'm like, what are you doing right now, man? Why mm-hmm. don't you go? Um, why not? Like George Lucas, it.
0: Yeah. So go through and add add some more Pennywise and to everything.
1: Yeah, more Dark Tower references.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, what else do you buy? Okay. Uh, so from the Mysterious Bookshop, they put out, they've been putting out um, reissues, mm-hmm. their American Mystery Classics. And so I bought like a bunch of... Um, oh, that looks like my kind of... A, a, like a, their amateur sleuth ones. Like, and this is, a, this is a married couple that uh, the guy is a publisher and the wife uh, is a homemaker. And, but she really also wants to be a detective. <laughs> and he, like, just comes along like, oh, okay. Um, and so, I don't, and it's set in Broadway. I'm very I love excited. it. Death on the Isle by Francis and Richard Lockridge. And it's a married couple that wrote it together, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So that that was, I'm very excited about that. I haven't read just a straight up, here's some clues, can you figure out the mystery type of book in a long time. Yeah. It's not really my usual
1: thing. So, uh, what have you been reading?
0: (laughs) I've been all over the place. Um, I have found audiobooks to be a fantastic way of passing time and enhancing experiences. I listened to this really interesting book from a dog's perspective uh, called "Tomorrow" by Damien Dibbon, and it's about a, um, an immortal dog. Ooh. Uh, who's searching for his immortal master. All right. And so and it's set various times, but it starts in 1600, and you just follow the dog through many years. Cool. Yeah, it's really fascinating and great dog perspective um, narration. And it was so fun to listen to it. The, the The guy who did the narration was like a little doggy. And he also did a lot of Italian, very like almost silly Italian um, accents, which I enjoyed. Great. <laughs> oh, I know that we both read. I, I told you to read this as soon as I was finished. Um, Parakeet? Yes. By Marie Helen Bertino friend of the show yep um, my god yeah that book is great yeah I, I mean I've I've been vacillating between these like small things or audio things and then like I've been spent I've now sunk like three weeks into reading mists of Avalon
1: oh yeah dimmer Bradley I you know I kept thinking I was gonna go for a big book and I haven't been able to do it the only one I attempted was um the Mirror and the Light, which I found tremendously disappointing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Do you think that might just be mindset and when you come back post pandemic, it might be better? It, or do you it, is it just permanent Emperor's New Clothes now?
1: It's possible. I loved those first two books. Like mm-hmm. I think I think Wolf Hall is just fantastic. I think Bring Up the Bodies is like one of the best legal thrillers I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two books—they're just—they're so taut and like we, we use the words like taut and muscular and whatever around fiction, and I think that they get tossed around too much. But those books really there there's a visceral tension to them, and the mirror and the light, which I mean, I guess mirroring Cromwell's life, it's just baggy. Mm. Like all of the ticks <laughs> felt like ticks as opposed to like interesting, quirky things. Um. And I've seen a couple people online who are reading all three. Like that's their that's their big pandemic read is to read all three in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious to see how it felt reading the third one so close. Like if I was still in that voice, would I have appreciated it more? Or, in my opinion, would it be even more glaring that this book is the like, it's her her big. I didn't want to let it go. Right. It's like yeah. another it's half again as long as Wolf Hall. It's wow. crazy. How's how are you liking Miss of Avalon?
0: It's great. Um, I love Arthurian legend stuff, although I I've been realizing that I just know it from like sword in the stone, half remembered Disney memories mm-hmm. and then vague references that have occurred in life. Yeah. Um and so i only know like some of the names i don't know the big story um that she's riffing on but i think that that lends a really great sort of gossamer veil on it that it's so it's just hers and i'm not seeing like oh she's playing with that it's just her own Mm -hmm. um she's a reprehensible person it turns out oh really Uh, yeah and all of her um all the sales of her books uh, since she's died um I guess, go to helping victims of sexual harassment.
1: Oh my God, I just did a quick Google and yikes.
0: Yeah. Wow. And it makes all of the sex stuff in the book and there's quite a bit, um, pretty weird. So, <laughs> so it's, and it's, I don't know, but it's even with that, all of that knowledge, I mean, fantasy reading is always kind of strange, you know, mm-hmm. re- re- or um, sci-fi fantasy, I mean, orson scott card another example of someone who i'd never want to ever shake hands with but i like his novels um yeah yeah which is a strange dichotomy yeah so i mean especially so all of that's swirling as so it's it's actually very enveloping these mists
1: (laughs) cool Ah. nice
0: yeah Uh, Have you been so but you haven't been project reading like that other than it seems like kinging it
1: I there were sort of four I went to comfort reading in a way that I really didn't but like my comfort reading ended up being different from what I thought it would be I've been reading pretty broadly like you know a 400 page book here a 200 page book here something Mm -hmm. something old Um, my I've been more dis discerning i'm doing scare quotes for those who can't see me right now um my to read shelf is down to 140 from 186 when all of this kicked off wow. and it's not that i've read 46 books it's that um, you're just getting rid of them mm-hmm. which is is I felt really good because i'm like if i'm not if i'm not digging it why am i gonna i'm not i don't need to put it back on the shelf in case I might dig it again later, very worst case scenario, I'll buy another copy ten years down the line if I want to read it. Um, yeah, then...
0: I mean, I just started putting books on the street myself, and it and people are grabbing them like crazy. Yeah, um, I feel yeah. like they you just must take it. They must take it home and lie solid or something. I'm.
1: That's what I've, sure. I've. A few things. There's a little free library around the corner for me, uh, and when Ziggy and I are out walking, we'll pass by, and there have been some. Real gems um, mm-hmm. that it's like yeah okay and come home and just wipe it down and don't touch it for a week, um, <laughs> but I've I read, I've read th- three, I've read three Stephen King books, I've read three Haruki Murakami books, I've read I'm also I'm done with Murakami, uh, <laughs> I've read two Terry Pratchett Discworld books, and one. Two, three, four, four John Le Carre books.
0: So it's nice for you to stick in a voice.
1: Yeah, I was Le Carre Do you go was one after
0: another like Le Carre, Le Carre, Le Carre, or is it?
1: I tried to break it up with like something in between. Um, I read uh, the Dark Half and the Dead Zone, Stephen mm. King, basically back to back. Um, but the Le Carres I found, I've, it was wild how calm reading John le Carre made me feel it was like those books are not no one would (laughs) describe those books as calm or pleasing necessarily they're sleepy they can be sleepy but that thing I was like I was engaged Mm -hmm. in a way that really surprised me Um, I am
0: I that I don't know if I don't know if that's surprising to me yeah I don't know if that's surprising I feel like this is the time that narrative is made for because yeah. there are no threads. So like being presented with one and, and one that's compelling to your current brain, it just it can grab you in a way that I think more than ever can be really um I don't know, affecting.
1: Yeah. I like so I feel like I'm feeling books more. Yes. It's it's the things that, that grab you now almost grab you more in a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I have read things that I didn't enjoy that I was like, oh, well, this wasn't very good. It dragged me along and, you know, I was happy to read it and finish it. But then those, there's something about, I don't know, I guess how safe it feels to be in a book, to be somewhere else. Yeah.
0: And to know that the conflict that you're reading will end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always nice and comforting.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's only 20 more pages. How's this gonna end?
0: Uh huh. <laughs> I am ready to jump into some more graphic novels now. I think. Yeah. I read um. I read The River at Night by Kevin Hiswenga, Uh And that's uh, drawn in quarterly. Oh, and it cool. Was so good. It's just like it's sort of an infinite night of um, retelling a story and trying to fall asleep. Hmm. I feel and, like I
1: saw you post something about it and it looked very intriguing.
0: Yeah. I think we were both reading graphic novels and that was our Friday reads. Oh, cool. Um And it's, it was just incredible. And, you know, like he can just imagine all of these things and discussions with his partner. And I don't know, it, it and and how she's relating to the world and always like, I'm trying to fall asleep. I'll have, oh, maybe I'll just stay up. Maybe I'll just have coffee and stay up and that thought process. And then maybe falling asleep a little bit into these like swirling thought diagrams. They're incredible. Cool. I, it's one of these ones that like, I don't always want to own graphic novels. Sure. Um, but I am glad to own this because I can already picture myself like pulling it off the shelf.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's a nice, uh, there's something nice about that. um, As we, as we get older and accumulate more stuff and accumulate more things like dogs, (laughs) suddenly it's like, where am I going to put all the dog stuff? Maybe I need to move some of these books to really, to know instinctively like, Oh yeah, I'm never going to get rid of this book because it's just one that I'm going to, I will pull down over and over again for the rest of my life. And I feel like there's something um, that happens more, I think, with like story collections and graphic novels to me than it does novels. Mm. It's pretty rare, I feel, that I am pulling a novel off the shelf just to flip through it. Do you ever do that?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I've been doing it particularly recently because I have been trying to thin my... Because I have my books separated into like to be read and read. Yeah, and um, and you know, for so long the red shelves have been static, other than growing when I move something over. Um, but I was realizing that more and more, I was putting books that I've read, just putting them on the take shelf mm-hmm. and not keeping them. That it made me wonder, like, wait a minute, what do I have here? What do I... and so many things are just books that I own that were important when I read them, but they've just completely faded and i'm pulling it off and like looking through and getting reminded and being like oh yeah i remember why i have this but i don't need to keep it cool so i feel like i'm my red books are disappearing in the yeah. and um yeah i feel like that that's uh neighborhood wide cuz when i'm on my walks i feel like I, i'm seeing just more and more boxes of books of people being like oh i okay so when i actually do have all the time at last <laughs> and my glasses are not broken <laughs> I just, yeah. I actually do choose to read some different things than I do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is, is, it's sad that I'm still a little squeamish about picking up books um, for myself sometimes, but I don't know. Are you trying audiobooks at all?
1: No, I thought about it. I've been listening to... A couple of uh, narrative podcasts, mm. um, like I don't know, Androids and Aliens, which is a role-playing podcast in a space, obviously in a space setting, and that's that's the kind of thing that I'm like. There's it requires. What is the difference for me between a podcast and an audiobook? I guess in some ways it requires a little bit less attention. Because the story is ongoing and longer in its ongoingness, I feel like if I miss something, if I, or like if I'm doing the dishes or not fully engaged with the story, I can still glom along because mm-hmm. of the nature of role-playing games and storytelling in that style. That So... Often, when I'm reading an audiobook, if I do something else while I'm listening to the audiobook and I miss something, I'm like, "Oh, fuck, I've just missed the sentences that these people worked on. and you know, I don't know. I, I understand
0: what you're saying, but I do love um, someone giving me the rhythm of a sentence. Mm, sure. Um, and I am really loving, of course. I always love memoirs written uh, read by the person who, yeah, wrote them. like i um I just listened to how not to be a boy by robert webb Uh uh-huh um who is one half of peep show the best one of the absolute best british sitcoms ever oh yeah um and i've now listened to david mitchell's um backstory and his so i've listened to both of them that's how much i like these guys i want to just have them (laughs) in my head hell yeah so i can see what you're saying but I also think that um, I skim more than I think I do and I skate across sentences when I'm reading. I do that too. And I think that your brain is just doing a similar thing while you're listening. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's interesting. But I always am happier to have both um, a print copy and an audio copy because there are some things that I like to look and see, wait a minute, how did they put that on a page? Right. So I get it. I was so glad that Verso found a way to get me um, Long Live the Post Horn, which um, is by Victus Horth, the person Ooh. who wrote um, Will and Testament. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that last name correctly, but it's about the Postal Service. Oh, um, what, go- what a good timing. So, so, yeah, it's sad timing. Please, everybody, go out and buy some stamps. I got awesome ones. Yeah. I'm going to show the Patreon people their dragons. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. Go buy stamps and send stuff in the mail. Um, And as well, I think it's great that they're still supporting the Postal Service for their Postal Service novel, Mm -hmm. Verso Books. (laughs) It would be really sad if they're like, I'm sorry, we're not going to mail it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I don't know, man. Thank goodness for books. Seriously. I keep saying it, but... uh, it feels more and more true.
1: Have you had, um, sort of as what I feel like could be a concluding thought, mm. uh, have you had, have you run into any t- moments over the course of the last two months where you haven't been able to read?
0: No, and I think that's particularly because of um, audiobooks. Mm. I think I've always been able to, even on days that I can't, I've been feeling like I cannot look at a book again because I'm already st- I'm, you know I am a very lucky person in so many ways but one of them is that I still get to go to work every day yeah and I'm still so I'm looking at screens like crazy um, oh yeah so there I'm still able to get all that and, and read pretty normally um, but I'm glad that I have audiobooks as a break because it's definitely a lot of screens yeah and a lot of reading
1: Oh, man, that also makes a lot of sense, too, for why you would be less interested in jumping into NetGalley, because screen fatigue, I mean, for real, for real, screen fatigue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that.
0: So I'm glad that we're back. Yeah, me too. Um,
1: It was fun to do some weird experiments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have the the spouse duology mm-hmm. um for, for and our fun little dramatic reading, which is something we've talked about doing for ages.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's that's gonna become a recurring bit totally. for sure.
0: Sarah reminded me of it and I was just like, Yes, that is the next idea. Yeah. And thank you again to both Danny and Sarah for coming and filling in as yeah. co hosts. That was that was fun. An interesting experiment it was really fun and yeah and we're so glad that you all stuck around and are listening to our humble little show um yeah. we hope that you're finding solace in reading or at least in listening to podcasts if you're not <laughs> um, if you're not we have recommendations for you oh yeah we do how could we not even though i feel like i've been recommending books throughout this thing
2: We read some- Recommend
1: you take a look. Yeah. That's always the fun when we do when we do just us episodes. It's just like here are all these cool books that I've read recently.
0: Yeah, well, it's the closest to what it's actually like to hang out with us. I think <laughs> <We're> <laughs> just like shouting <laughs> titles back and forth at each other. Uh, um, I would like to recommend New Waves. Oh yeah. By Kevin Wen.
1: Yeah. I'll cosign.
0: Um, there is this lovely um, retelling of what it was like to be on um, this music file sharing service that I was also on that music file sharing service. And <laughs> it filled me with warm, wonderful feelings of downloading an entire discography in an evening and not listening to it. <laughs> Uh, but I loved it so much, and he captured some. I, I love novels that can capture what it was like to be on a message board and how that was can be part of your life. Oh yeah, and uh, that was just really great. And then the other recommendation is *Sea of Rust* by Robert Cargill.
1: What's um um? That's it's I'm uh, it. Uh, tell me, <laughs> it's uh, it's about um. It's post-humanity.
0: It's robots only. Okay. Uh, Earth. And um, you're just following a, sort of a, a bot who is just trying to keep herself alive. Um, cool. And, you know, she's sort of scavenging parts in this desert. And it feels sort of Mad Max and robots and um, a little bit like Mandalorian. Awesome. You know that one bot that, like, joins to help him in the first couple episodes. Uh huh. It's, I, I kept thinking of that robot in particular. It's very droidy. So if it, I cool. could picture this as just being a Star Wars story, really. It felt very similar to that universe and that like deeply thought.
1: That's awesome. Also I, like
0: hardcore Wally because there was so like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what were um, you going to say? I realized why I was thinking of his name. He wrote a, there's a collection of like uh cosmic horror that came out recently mm-hmm. and I can't I can't think of the name of it but he also was one of the co-writers of the first Doctor Strange movie.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Really a uh, really wild sci-fi that I think is totally enveloping.
1: That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to I got to get it. I want I was telling Danny the other night I was reading a recently shortlisted for the pulitzer novel of of the most literary literary fiction Mm. and i was like god damn it i gotta stop reading literary fiction right now i want ghosts spaceships or dragons (laughs) period
0: hey i'm right with you i am totally with you (laughs) i'm the one thing that i'm looking at like back is over this is like, I, I've only been listening to where people have created their own society or they're on the fringes of the, you know, like that's the, or it's from a dog's perspective. <laughs> oh, I get it. All right. So your recommendations.
1: My recommendations, uh, considering the thing that I just said, it's particularly hilarious because they're both just works about humans. Um, oh, I was hoping for your. It's actually a ghost dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first is called Flake by Matthew Dooley. Ooh. Um, it's a it's a graphic novel about a small town in England and a a man who runs an ice cream truck. It is, oh my god, you in particular are gonna fucking love this book. It's <laughs> it's so sweet, it's so funny, it has a very pushing daisy sensibility about it, even in Ooh. the way that there are those occasional breakout narration moments i've never seen somebody pull that off in anything other than tv really those moments of like when she was 11 years old like this thing happened and it cuts to that and cuts back in a way that felt seamless it's awesome it is currently it is not out stateside um it's out from jonathan cape in the uk and i saw a review of it in the guardian and uh it won it won some prize that Cape has started running around, like their uh, debut graphic novel prize, basically. Um, and I reached out. and right before the quarantine came down, they sent me a copy. Um, and I so now nice. i I just want to, like drawn in quarterly or any American publisher who publishes graphic novels, I'm like, get get this book. <laughs> I mean, um,
0: it would make more sense for the Montreal-based one to bring it to America. That's
1: probably it's. I'm <laughs> sure it will be them. Um, but then the other, the other book that I'll recommend is a novel that I think actually is not coming out in the states until July. Timing is changing now on so many novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're a book depository person, you can get a copy from the UK because it came out already. Hamnet by Maggie ah. O'Farrell. Um, okay
0: this it might... sounds like a cutesy title that it's like i imagine that's going to be hamlet on the internet is it um
1: no that's it's shakespeare's son who died hamlet and hamlet were interchangeable names apparently um that's great yeah to and so shakespeare wrote this like shakespeare's son died of a sudden fever mm-hmm. uh and about four years later he wrote hamlet Um, But in the intervening time, like he basically wrote all of his frothiest comedies. Um, But the novel is about it's it in two alternating parts. Basically, it's the day more or less that Hamnet takes ill and. The way that his parents got together. So Shakespeare is never named. He's always the Latin tutor or the husband um, and his wife, Agnes or Anne. Her, she was known by both names. Um, it's it's so good. It is so light and magical, and maybe because I've been living in a lot of Shakespeare recently, it but it like it's not written in any antiquated Shakespeare. They're not trying to shoehorn in references to the canon or anything. It's just a beautiful depiction of like two people falling in love and raising children. And it just so happens that one of them is the most famous writer in the English language.
0: No extra forsooths,
1: <laughs> which I got, I, I, the whole first 40 pages, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm waiting for, you know, the inevitable clunk. And it never happened. E old shoppy. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. Yeah. I, I actually have a, Uh, an arc on my shelf and
1: now you've made me want to read it you should check it out it's it's a fast read and it's it's weird because you know they're talking about the plague um, and it does make you think like wow it's funny that in 1580 whatever plague popped up closed all the stuff and that was it was just understood we did it because otherwise we'd all die and if you wanted to protest on the front steps of Whitehall or something with your sword or your AK 47, the queen would just fucking kill you.
0: Are you making a case for a a monarchy?
1: I mean, uh, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I
0: thought you might want to walk that back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, it seems like it was nice that everybody was more or less on the same page around, you know, social distancing Mm. in fucking 500 years ago.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that note,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: the good people. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you. We miss you. We are at so many damn dot com if you want to look at all of our book lists. We actually have every cocktail that we ever made. I did make a cocktail for this episode, but I drank it before we started recording basically.
1: Quarantine!
0: Ow! <laughs> More like tech problems make me mad. <laughs> um I, I don't I downloaded so many derelict audio <laughs> and then found out, oh, there's like two apps that have appeared since quor- you know, quarantine went down. Uh-huh. That uh you can just use for this now. So great leaps forward in podcasting thanks to the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Uh,
0: but yeah and you know we
1: appreciate those itunes reviews we sure do it it gives us something to do now we look we just wait refresh 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 i will say that
0: that was on my to-do list forever uh go and i'd written some but i've now reviewed so many of my favorite podcasts yeah it's a good way to kill 15 minutes or longer when you sure. have to remember your iTunes login. <laughs> <laughs> that is not from experience.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was just for the Patreoners. Oh golly! Uh, oh yeah, you can go to Patreon too. Yes, Patreon.com/smdb.
0: And uh, we, we will be back now that we figured out the tech.
1: Uh huh. In and... two weeks. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, you know, get in touch. Like AT&T used to say, reach out and touch somebody.
1: Or is that them? AT&T said that? Isn't that AT&T? Reach out and touch me. Who's that song by? Weezer. What? <laughs>
0: I just always assume. Uh, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Weezer. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, I just, I can't. I got <laughs>
0: I love the idea of Batman saying our or Robin, you know, <laughs> so many damn books. <laughs>
2: yeah. <sighs>